Welcome in episode 105, What's Right with Nick Wright, our week 14 gambling show. And I got to tell you, it's a show I've been dreading all week. Been very excited for all the different media this week because a couple weeks ago we didn't have the full run of podcasts or TV shows because of the World Cup and Thanksgiving. Last week we had the full run of podcasts. But we didn't have the full run of TV shows because of the World Cup. And all week long, there's been so many interesting, exciting things to talk about. The Lakers are alive again. The Chiefs actually lost, which makes them more interesting to talk about. There's all of a sudden Eagles fans hate me once again. There's so many fun things. But this show is, you know, I was forced to do some serious soul searching and look in the mirror and figure out where things have gone awry. Because all year long, the picks have been consistently mediocre. Or as DeMonze would say, mid. The picks have been very mid this year. But what I'd said was we had avoided the pratfalls and pitfalls of a 1-4, and of a disastrous 0-for-5. And because of that, we were right around 500, couple games under, with the ability for a late season push. And then Sunday happened. And we can throw them up there and show you. Sunday, we went 0 and 5, or 1 and 5, and easily could have gone 0 and 6. The only victory was a 2020 overtime tie where I had the Giants getting two and a half points. I said, Kenny Pickett shouldn't be the favorite on the road against anyone. They went outright. I said, the Chargers are desperate. They have to win. The Raiders dominated that football game. I said, Kansas City minus two was my favorite bet of the year. (laughs) They lose outright. I gave you a bonus pick I couldn't stay away from. (laughs) Jacksonville laying one against the lowly Lions. The lowly Lions. The Lions, I think, were up 30-6. to And then also we had the one game that I felt a little unlucky on. Colts-Cowboys, where the Colts score a touchdown late in the third quarter, go for two to tie the game up. I'm getting 11 and a half points. And the Cowboys respond to that by scoring 33 consecutive points. 33 to nothing in the fourth quarter. First time in NFL history that's happened to win the game by 35 points. So, I had to ask myself some hard questions. Because early in the year, I had been getting unlucky in some spots. The process was sound. This Sunday, there was no unluckiness. There were just terrible, awful, no good picks. In a weekend that everybody made money but me. Because every favorite this past weekend won outright. Except for my bet of the year, the Kansas City Chiefs. 
So what I did this week was very simple. I went back to an old school method of on Tuesday morning, looking at all the games, writing down what I believe the point spread would be, should be, and picking then whichever ones the point spread, that the actual listed point spread was off by more than two points, those became my selections. With one exception, where the point spread was off by so much, I threw it in the be careful category. So we have five picks this week. We will break them down as such. I will tell you what I thought the line was going to be, what the line actually is, and we will go with that. How's that sound, Demonze, before we get to the actual picks? Because you haven't said anything yet this show. Sounds good, man. <laughs> what? I mean, uh, I'm hoping this process is successful. Why don't you, as Chris Broussard, my television partner, would say, Put some bass in your voice and say it with your chest what you said to me moments before we went on the air. <laughs> what, that I'm going to start doing my own my own five picks? And yeah, and why are you going to start doing your own five picks? To see if I end up doing No, that's not what you said. What you said was... Oh, because... <laughs> Go ahead. Because I didn't want to put my picks on here initially. No, because you did say that. No shame. But there it is. He said, now that I know that we have no shame, <laughs> there's no embarrassment in going one in five. I might as well start doing it too. Are are you going to start that this week or is it next? I, week? Honestly, yeah. I mean, because I've already I've already seen a couple of games on here that uh okay, but they're in. They're in conflicting categories. Oh, great. I'm excited for that. That, You know what? That's the bulletin board material I needed to get back on track. This is week 14. So we have 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. We have five regular season weeks left. That's 25 games. If I go 15 and 10 the rest of the way, I'm still below 500. That's unacceptable. So I need to go. What is the math on this? If I go 16 and nine, I finish the year at 500. So 18 and seven is what we're shooting for over the final five weeks. 18 and seven would be a nice, healthy. Is that right? Oh, boy. Is that right? That's 72% against the spread. That's hard. Yeah. That's really hard. Eight. I don't have to go 18 and seven though. So why why, can't I go 17 and eight? Yeah, I said, yeah, 17 and eight would be, yeah, 17 and eight is what I have to go. That's a much more manageable 68% against the spread. 17 and 8 would put me on the season two games above 500, which I can sleep with. 17 and 8 is what we're shooting for. So that would mean we need over the final five weeks, three, three and two weeks, and two, four and one weeks. Or mix a couple five and O's in there and give ourselves a little breathing room. We start this week with the Jets at the Bills. I saw this game. I said that's going to be Buffalo minus seven. 
It is Buffalo minus nine and a half. That is far too many points. We are taking the Jets plus the nine and a half. The reason is as follows. The Buffalo Bills have not blown anyone out in months. Okay? Everybody is still so high on the Bills for what they once were. The Buffalo Bills, let me just remind you, the last time they truly blew someone out would have been the game against the Steelers on October 9th. Since then, they beat the Chiefs by four. They beat the Packers by 10 in a game they should have blown out the Packers. You remember, you won some money on that game. They lost to these very Jets. They lost to the Vikings. They beat the Browns by eight. They beat the Bills by three. I'm the Lions by three on Thanksgiving. And they soundly beat the Patriots by 14. But even in that Patriot game, that game was a 10-point game headed into the fourth quarter when the Patriots could do nothing all game. So I guess you should probably say they did blow out the Patriots. But to me, it was not an overwhelmingly impressive offensive performance. The last time these two teams played, Josh Allen struggled immensely. Now everyone blamed it on the elbow, and maybe the elbow had something to do with it, but he struggled immensely. The Jets, on the other hand, moved the ball just fine, including the final drive of the game, going the length of the field for the win. But what they have Mike White now, a less experienced quarterback. It's a big ask for him to keep the game that close, you know? Yeah, but he's far better than Zach Wilson, okay. who I would argue Zach Wilson's game against the Bills the first time might be the best game of the dude's career. He had 150 yards, but no turnovers, a 101 rating, drove the ball down the field at the end. I think the in the Jets, by the way, that was a gutsy performance by them against the Vikings last week. They ended up coming up short, but they easily could have won. If Braxton Burials holds on to that football, they do win. And the Bills, th- there's a weird thing happening with Buffalo. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I addressed it a bit on Thursday's show. And I addressed it on TV. So much of the media is so shameless when it comes to when the Bills added Von Miller, the commentary understandably was, I think this is the missing piece that puts them over the top. And when the Bills beat the Chiefs and the Bills early in the year looked like a juggernaut, folks were saying the difference is Von Miller. And they were right. Von Miller is now done for the year, it was announced on Wednesday, with a blown ACL. And do you know what the commentary is? Oh, they'll be fine. Square that circle. He's the missing piece. He, In my opinion, he had been their best player all season. Now he's done for the year. Oh, it's no problem. I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't sit here. If the Chiefs lost Travis Kelsey, I wouldn't sit here and be like, oh, they're fine. Say, oh, it's a massive loss. Someone wildly important for them. Offense to defense, though. Oh. Travis Kelsey, I feel like, is a way bigger loss than losing Von Miller. Okay. Like, even though Von Miller might be the player that he is. I was just thinking if you lost your, the best player on your team that's not your quarterback. Right. So that's why I said Kelsey. True. But if the Chiefs lost Chris Jones, I would be concerned. And so it it's a weird thing. It's too many points. Jets plus nine and a half. Cleveland 
at Cincy is the next game. I thought this would be Cincy minus three and a half. It is Cincy minus six. So here's what people need to understand. The one team Cleveland has owned over the last few years is the Cincinnati Bengals. Even with Baker Mayfield, for some reason, Kevin Stefanski has owned the Bengals. And this year, the Browns, as bad as they've been, played the Bengals and beat them 32-13. to Baker Mayfield, when he was there, owned the Bengals. Cleveland, on the other hand, now does have Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Now, Deshaun was awful against the Texans. Awful. The Browns, I don't believe, scored an offensive touchdown. There's special teams right. and two defensive touchdowns. I am. I imagine quite a bit of that was rust. Quite a bit of that was nerves. Now, do I think Deshaun is going to seamlessly become a top eight quarterback again? I don't. Do I think that the two years off from football are is going to be something that might forever alter his career? Yeah. Do I think it's definitely something that you're going to see the effects of throughout this season? I do. With all that said, Cincinnati is coming off back-to-back massive victories. They beat the Titans in, or I guess you could argue they're coming off three straight massive victories, beating the Steelers, a divisional rival, beating the Titans in a hard-fought game, and then beating the Chiefs. A bit of a letdown spot. Cleveland, on the other hand, it didn't play well at all last week, found a way to win. This, to me, is a traditional AFC North three-point game. Six points is way too many points. I like Cleveland getting the six. Go ahead. So you said that even Baker on the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Why can't Patrick Mahomes do it? Think Baker Mayfield has some type of edge that Patrick Mahomes doesn't? I think it's actually a weird Stefanski, the head coach of Cleveland, what he's been able to do against the Bengals. But what you're saying is not ridiculous. And I do think that the Chiefs and Andy Reid need to look at the Cleveland offensive game plans against Cincinnati over the last three years yeah. and figure out what they're what they've done that the Chiefs have not been able to do. Because it is baffling how Cleveland has done so well against Cincinnati and so mediocre against everyone else. And how Cincinnati has done seemingly so well against the whole AFC, except for against Cleveland. Joe Burrow's never beaten the Browns before. Yeah, that's what I'm... Yeah. The the Browns go 2-0 against them every year. It's (laughs) unbelievable. And the Browns stink. It's unbelievable. And so it's just too many points. All right. Next one. Seattle is hosting Carolina. I thought this was going to be Seattle minus six and a half. It is Seattle minus three and a half. Which is kind of eerie. Why? You think it's in the should maybe be in the careful category? It does seem like Vegas does know what they're talking about when it comes to these things, which I wasn't like super sure of. Yeah. In the beginning of me like doing the whole betting thing. But now that you've been gambling, you <laughs> yeah, I definitely see it. Um it's so it's a little strange to me. It, 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 I understand <laughs> that. And there was a game. There's a game that we're going to get to in the be carefuls that was so strange that I that I just stayed away from it. But and I said I think I wrote down for this game six actually not six and a half. 
It's Seattle minus three. Vegas does not believe in Seattle. Vegas flatly thinks Seattle's not a good team. Fair enough. But we know Carolina's not a good team. Right. Okay. Seattle, on the other hand, they just they just played the Rams. They did not play well, and they found a way to win. The this to me really is more about the Panthers and how much respect should we be giving the Panthers right now? And my answer is very little to none. I think Seattle's defense, which was awful early in the year, then played well for a stretch and now has regressed a bit, can have a bounce back spot against the wretched Carolina offense. Seattle needs this victory. Seattle also has, I'm sure Pete Carroll has been preaching to them with the Jimmy G injury. All of a sudden, their ability to win that division, I don't think they're going to win that division, but their ability to win that division is right in front of them and also preaching to them, this is a must-win spot for Seattle. Because of that Giants-Washington tie, both of those teams theoretically could make the playoffs. Giants-Washington-Seattle, two of them are making the playoffs, one of them isn't. Seattle has the record edge right now on the, well, not really. They have the record edge on Washington. They're, I guess, a half game behind the Giants. Giants are 7-4-1, Seattle 7-5, Washington 7-5-1. But what Seattle knows is this. After this week, Niners, Chiefs. That following week, by the way, Jets. And then they end the season with the Rams, who the Rams stink, but they'd struggled with them. They almost lost to them last week. This is a must-win spot for Seattle. An absolute must-win game for Seattle. I like Seattle to win by at least four points. Seattle minus three and a half. Next. This game, the I understand why the line is where it is, but it's wrong. San Francisco laying only three and a half against Tampa. There is no scenario that I can see where Tampa can move the football on San Francisco. So I love San Francisco, even with Brock Purdy, because I think they could cover the three and a half by getting to 17 points. And I think San Francisco, I think maybe they could cover the three and a half by getting to 14 points. You're not going to be, Tampa can't run on anyone. And you're not going to be able to throw on this Niners pass rush. Brady is going to be in self-preservation mode the entire game. Now, I understand the idea of you're talking about Brock Purdy against this Tampa defense. No, I'm not. I'm talking about Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle against this uh, Tampa defense. They're going to be – San Francisco is going to be running the football consistently. They're going to be getting off the field defensively and three and outs repeatedly. This, to me, if we did it on this show, under, let me see what the total for the game is, but the under would be the play in this game in addition to the side. The total in this game, my guess is it's 41 and a half. Let me see where it's at, how close. Oh, my goodness gracious. A total is 37. What a tiny under. That's the third smallest under we've had in the league all year. Yeah. So. 
maybe the under is not as strong of a play as I quite thought if it's at 37. Uh, But I just don't see how Tampa moves the football. And here's the other thing for Tampa. Because they stole a victory last week against the Saints, Tampa doesn't have to have this game. Tampa doesn't have to have this game. They don't even have to have the next game against the Bengals. They then get Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons to end the year, and the the NFC South is imploding around them. I just don't – I thought this line should be San Francisco minus six. Even with Brock Purdy, it's San Francisco minus three and a half. I'll lay the three and a half. I do not think Tampa is a near equivalent team to San Francisco. And by the way, let's, and I know they're not saying they're a near equivalent team because the game is the, the well, no, I, that's right. The game is in San Francisco. Let's not forget the fact. So they're saying Sam, because you don't get a full three points for home field anymore, but you get a, at least two and a half. They're saying it's a one point game on a neutral field. No, it's not. You add to it that Tampa, Demonze, I know you don't love this, but it's a thing. That long flight, you got to go cross country from Tampa all the way to San Francisco. I believe it when it comes to Seattle to Germany, but when it comes from Tampa to where, where San Francisco, San Francisco, it's a long flight. Long like, flight, Tom well, Brady. I've got a stat for you. Yeah, tell all me. right. So first of all, Shanahan sucks as a favorite. Mm-hmm. And he's nine and twenty-nine straight up without Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. Seems like it might be a little bit of a trap. So that nine and twenty-nine is wildly misleading. And here's why it's wildly misleading. Oh, sweet. So CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, and Brian Hoyer. Okay. Other than the couple Trey Lance games were the quarterbacks for the entirety of that nine and twenty-nine. Those are not NFL caliber quarterbacks. They've started no games essentially cumulatively since leaving San Francisco. Now, you might say Brock Purdy's not NFL. <laughs> but what are you laughing about? Uh, yeah, I was going to say something like that. Okay. <laughs> okay, we don't know that. We'll see. He looked actually quite good in the game this weekend, but we'll see. But the other part of that is Jimmy G got hurt. at a, That record incorporates the Niners before Nick Bosa even got there. They have a similar record with and without Jimmy G that they have with and without Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is 36 and 16. There are Kyle Shanahan is 36 and 16 when Nick Bosa plays. This Niners team is not the same caliber, either because of injury or because players hadn't arrived, as the previous Niner teams that were devastated by injury plus didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I'm not worried about that nine and 29. Tampa. That offense, it now I still believe Tampa can be a scary playoff team, but we're not in the playoffs yet. San Francisco should be favored by more than three and a half. We're laying the three and a half to San Francisco. And lastly, this line shocked me so much that when I saw it, I wanted to make sure Justin Herbert hadn't been injured and I didn't know it. The Chargers are getting three points against Miami. The Chargers are going to win this game outright. The Another, by the way, long flight. Miami all the way. Now, let me tell you something. East Coast to West Coast, not as tough as West Coast to East Coast because the West Coast to East Coast usually involves a 1 p.m. kickoff 
for a team that their body clock's 10 a.m. That's not the situation here. However, this is a must-win game for the Chargers. Miami is, you know, after being hot, got exposed a bit this past weekend, and there are certain things that play play out in storylines, and there have been far too many members of the media that have been puffing their chest out with the, oh, I told you, Tua greater than Herbert, not a bad take when it's a horrible take. And this is a game where Justin Herbert plays a great football game, looks like a franchise quarterback. Tua struggles once again, still dealing with injuries on the offensive line. Granted, not as bad as the injuries last week. Miami, some of the bloom is off the rose, if you will, after this weekend's game. This national television Sunday night football. I thought it would be Chargers minus one. It's Miami minus three. Give me the Chargers getting the three points. Hey, you got to go watch uh, Manuel Acho's good, bad, and the ugly clip on Twitter. And then you got to come back to this pick. I have, listen, I have a lot of respect for Emmanuel. He's a colleague and a pal. I think, to use a cliche, his Tua Justin Herbert opinion is going to age like milk. (laughs) I think that it is going to be something that unfortunately, now maybe mine will, maybe he'll throw it at me. I think, and Colin Cowherd and I have both quietly tried to talk Emmanuel out of this opinion. (laughs) He is entrenched. I do not think it is going to age well. I think it is insane to believe that Tua is better than Justin Herbert, and I think Sunday night will be evidence of that. And so I, I like the Chargers to win. I like the Chargers, obviously, the cover to the three, and there it is. Five picks of the week. Jets plus nine and a half. Cleveland plus six, Seattle minus three and a half, San Francisco minus three and a half, and the Chargers plus three. We only have, because there are six teams on a bye this week, final bye week of the year, we only have a handful of games to get to in the final categories. We will, or it might be, by the way, four teams on a bye. How many teams are on a bye this week? Four. Four teams are on a bye this week. No, it is six. Thank you, Demonse. Uh, <laughs> six teams on a bye this week. So there's only 13 total games. So we only have seven other games to get to because we don't do the Thursday night football games on this show. Even By the way, I do like the Raiders in tonight's Thursday night football game. But that's you guys will have already seen the game. So we'll do our stayaways, our be carefuls, and our perfectly priced with maybe our biggest be careful game of the year. That's all next. What's right? Are you ready to take control of your health and conquer your weight loss goals? Look no further than Factor, your ultimate solution to better eating. Each Factor meal is always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. No more waiting around or spending hours in the kitchen. Just heat and eat. It's that simple. Over 35 different options to choose from each week, including calorie-smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, Factor ensures you'll never get bored. With more than 60 add-ons to help you stay full and feeling good all day long. 
pancakes, smoothies, and more. With Factor, there's no prepping, no cooking, and certainly no cleanup needed. The best part? You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Sign up and save because we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Eat better, feel better, and conquer your day with Factor. So what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off. Fuel up. Eat better and achieve greatness. Get started today. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Episode 105, our week 14 gambling show. We got to get back on track. So we went through the old school Mike and the Mad Dog or Simmons and Sal method of guessing the lines privately and using that to make our picks publicly. So we have our five picks. Jets plus nine and a half. Seattle minus three and a half. Cleveland plus six. San Francisco minus three and a half. And the Chargers plus three. Now our three other categories, stayaways, be careful, and perfectly priced. Our three stayaways are Jacksonville at Tennessee, Houston at Dallas, and Baltimore at Pittsburgh. So Jacksonville at Tennessee, Tennessee's laying four to stay away for a number of reasons. One is Trevor's a little banged up. Another is the Jags were so wildly disappointing against the Lions. And another is because you guys uh, won't let me bet the Jags anymore, so I have to stay away from it. Yeah, I think um, the Jags should be in the perfectly priced category no matter what team they play from now on. Play from now on. What do you mean? Being how bad they are. Oh, that, every team's going to cover on them. Oh, well, that's that's not perfectly priced. You're saying that their opponent should be in the picks. Yeah, exactly. You think that Tennessee minus four? Oh, is that going to be one of your plays, buddy? Hundred percent. You like the Titans? Yep. You like the fact that Trevor Lawrence has never beaten the Titans? You like all that? Okay. I here's the thing. A man's got to know his limitations. My analysis on the Jags thus far this year has been a touch off. So I'm not going to argue with you on it. I'm simply saying it's a stay away. <laughs> the Jags are going to be in a stay away for me the rest of the year. Because every week I see them, every week I want to bet them, and I just need to stay away from them. I don't know why I want to bet the Jags so much, but I do. Once upon a time, I did this with the Carolina Panthers, with Cam Newton, and it worked out brilliantly for me. The year they went 15-1 and did not work out so brilliantly the next year. Sometimes. One of these six-foot-six-inch stallions of a quarterback. I just can't get past the fact that I just feel like they should win every game they play. Next, stay away. Houston at Dallas. Dallas is laying 16 and a half points. This is a stay away purely for this reason. It is irresponsible gambling. And when a line in the NFL is this big, to not take the dog, to not take Houston. It is also irresponsible gambling to bet on Houston at this point in any context. They allowed zero defensive touch or offensive touchdowns against the Browns. They scored one defensive or special teams touchdown, and they still couldn't cover. That team is a total disaster, so I'm not allowed to lay 16 and a half. I'm not going to bet on Houston, so it's a stay away. 
Yeah, so I mean, the, the, in the rundown, they're saying that Dallas is capable of blowing any team out by 20 on any given night, and yeah. Houston's really bad. Yeah. But that's also one of my picks. I'm taking Houston with the 16 and a half. You know what? That's sharp gambling I'm by taking you. it. That's a I'm, lot of points, man. It's a lot of points. They get up 7 nothing, and all of a sudden, you <laughs> right. feel like the game's over. All right, last one is Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh laying two and a half. It's a stay away right now because of the uncertainty surrounding Lamar. It doesn't look like he's going to play. He's probably not going to play. But then there's also the question with how Lamar's been playing. Is it that much of a downgrade, Tyler Huntley? I don't know. The quarterback injury stuff always makes these games a stay away. We're staying away. Now to the be careful. Only two games in the be careful category. Minnesota at Detroit and Kansas City at Denver. The Minnesota-Detroit line is one of the most outwardly disrespectful things I've ever seen Vegas do. (laughs) Minnesota, (laughs) I, listen. It's because they beat, wait, isn't Detroit the only team that beat them? Or the, or was that a game? Hold on. Well, Minnesota this year has lost to the the Philadelphia Eagles, and their one other loss this year. I'm trying to remember, I don't believe it was to Detroit. Maybe you're correct, but I don't believe that's correct. Their one other loss this year came to the Cowboys. Cowboys. The Cowboys blew them out. So they Minnesota is ten and two. Yeah, so their losses are to the two teams most people think are the best teams in the conference. Right. The Eagles. And the Cowboys. The line just makes sense if Detroit did beat them earlier in the, this season or something, you know? The they now they played earlier this season in Minnesota and Min- Detroit. That was the game, if I'm not mistaken, that inexplicably Dan Campbell kicked like a 55 yard field goal at the end, up three, and Minnesota came back and won. I don't believe in Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota's a very good team. However, <laughs> The fact that Vegas is telling us they think Minnesota and Detroit are equivalent talent teams. When Minnesota's, it's not like Kirk Cousins or Justin Jefferson are hurt. It is why Detroit started the year one and seven. Now, I understand they've won four consecutive games. I give them credit for it. It is, I thought this line was going to be Minnesota minus three. It is Detroit minus two and a half. It is so off. And it is so clearly daring you to bet the Vikings that I have to put it in the be careful category. <laughs> it they, is, this is a 10 and two, And again, I don't think the Vikings are that good. But a 10 and two team being a dog against Jared Goff <laughs> and the Lions is wild. Vegas probably believes in Trevor Lawrence just as much as you do. What is that? Well, that tells me. Trevor Lawrence. Detroit just smacked the smacked oh, the Jags up oh, last okay, week. Okay, I get it. I understand what you're saying. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know what it is. That line is baffling. And so I'm just throwing it. It's so far out of the realm of what I thought it would be. I'm throwing it in the be careful category. All right, last be careful. Kansas City at Denver. Kansas City is laying nine and a half points. So I know what people are going to be thinking on this which is, are the Chiefs going to score 20? Because if they are, that's enough to cover 9.5 against Denver. 
Yep. I mean, Denver's <laughs> offense is going backwards. Yeah. That Denver's offense, like, we've gone through it a n- number of times on the show, but they've scored, like, two touchdowns in the last month. Last week, they didn't get in the red zone once. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just, just impossible how bad that offense has been, right? They're averaging less than 14 points per game this year. The Chiefs are coming off and, you know, they're angry. I'm sure Kelsey feels like he blew that game against Cincinnati with the fumble. Mahomes is upset. However, historically, the Chiefs never lose to the Broncos, but the Broncos at least once a year play them tight. And because of that, and because the entire gambling public is going to be on the Chiefs, minus nine and a half, I'm throwing it in the be careful category. So since you're a Chiefs fan, you don't want to get on the Denver line here because everything that you just explained basically says, like, bet on Denver. Well, maybe, except everything I just said explains bet on Denver. Everything we watched from Denver this year says, (laughs) if you're only getting nine and a half points, the moment the Chiefs get to 14, you're like, I might be screwed. (laughs) Like, if I need a touchdown to cover this thing, I, I, I I might be screwed. So to me, it's a be careful. And lastly, we'll be quick here. The perfectly priced games, Philly at the Giants, Philly laying exactly seven. That's exactly what it should be. The, Philly has shown the ability, they, and they must be respected, even if I don't think they're making the Super Bowl, that right now teams have massive issues dealing with their diverse offensive attack. They're on the road, though, and it's a divisional game, so they shouldn't be favored by more than a touchdown but they also probably shouldn't be favored by less than a touchdown. Philly minus seven feels like the exact right number. All right. Earlier, you picked Watson and the Browns getting six on the, on the road because it felt like too many points for a divisional underdogs. Why not pick the Giants as dogs on this one? I just think that there is the added element of Cleveland's ownership of Cincinnati over the last three years that does not apply here. Okay. And the fact that Philly, by the way, has true motivation and that Dallas could catch them. So Philly needs all these games. I, Giants obviously need as well. To me, the number's just right. And New England and Arizona, New England favored by a point and a half. Arizona has the better receivers, the better offense, the better quarterback, all of it. The golf in coaching between Belichick and Kingsbury is so great, New England deserves to be a slight favorite. Not a big favorite, not even a field goal favorite, a slight favorite, particularly on national TV on an extended week. For New England, it is an extra extended week. They go from Thursday all the way to a Monday. So for all those reasons, but I think Arizona, by the way, was off last week. So they both have extended weeks, but I don't know that Kingsbury and Kyler are cooking anything up this weekend, <laughs> you know, in the extra time. New England minus a point and a half feels like the right, the exact perfect price. All right, there it is. We have to give the right move, which has just been a total disaster. We'll do that. DeMonze's got some picks he's giving you. I'll see if we've got a teaser to give you. We'll do all that next. What's right? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? 
The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges, therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com right to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot right. Your mental health journey begins here. All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 105, week 14 gambling show. Our five picks this week are the Jets plus nine and a half, Cleveland plus six, Seattle minus three and a half, San Francisco minus three and a half, and the Chargers plus three. Our right move of the week is the Chargers plus three against Miami. I believe they are going to win outright. Oh, they they changed it to the wrong move and put crying Jordan on my face. That's how they're doing me now. That's tough. That is tough. It's deserved. I mean, I'm goddamn three and ten on the right moves so far this year. It's <laughs> such a disaster. The in, on regular picks, I am 26, 26 and two. On the right move, I'm three and ten. It's the entirety of my l- below 500 record is yep. from the right move. But we're rolling with the Chargers plus three because we believe the Chargers are going to win outright. Before I give my exotic. I do have a great seventeen or seven point uh, teaser, oh. not seventeen. <laughs> a seven point teaser. Do you have picks you want to give out? All right, so I'm obviously going with that Houston and Dallas getting the sixteen and a half. Uh huh. And uh, Tennessee plus or minus four against Jackson. Minus yes, Jackson getting the four. I mean, but yeah, I'm saying it the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also want both of those games in the be careful category. I want Denver plus the nine and a half. Okay. And I also want Minnesota minus the two and a half. Okay. Are and you going to do we'll, five? We'll just, I, or, I, honestly, yeah, I will go for a fifth one here. Um, you don't have to. If you only feel good about four, just do the four. Um. Yeah. I Okay. So we'll do the four and four. This, 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 this Pittsburgh one is the bonus one. What do you mean the Pittsburgh one is the bonus one? It's just basically, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll do the four. Yeah, there you go. Go with the four you feel good about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So DeMonte's picks are Houston plus 16 and a half. Yep. Uh, Tennessee minus four. Yep. Denver plus nine and a half. Denver plus nine and a half and Minnesota minus two and a half. Yep. So none in direct conflict with my picks. No. But but they're just They were just all in categories. That I wasn't stay in. away. Be, okay, be careful. there it is. My exotic is very simple. An old school two team seven point teaser. We are teasing the Kansas City Chiefs down to minus two and a half. So they just have to win by a field goal. And we are teasing the Chargers up to plus 10. So they just have to win or stay within 10 points. That's my a, a two team seven point teaser is minus 140. So you got to lay a significant big there. But 
be 140 bucks to win 100. That's our two-team seven-point teaser for the week. What's the offer this week? All right, I call this one the uh, What If Brock Purdy Isn't Good Special. Mm-hmm. You can bet the Seattle Seahawks to win the NFC West plus 300. Are you taking that? I'm not taking that, and it's not because I necessarily believe Brock Purdy's good. It is purely because I don't think there's enough value there given the fact that Seattle, what they have after this week, is the Niners, the Chiefs, and the Jets in three consecutive weeks. And I understand having the Niners could be beneficial for them because they could win. However, they already lost once to the Niners this year, and they're... Even if they Wasn't win that, that out of the country game, say it again. Wasn't that the game that was out of the country? Or there were a lot saying? of games out of the country. I'm not sure if that one was or not, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, are you talking about the one where Seattle had to go to Germany? No, it wouldn't. That wasn't out that of the was country. Seattle had to go to Germany against Tampa. They wouldn't be out of the country twice. Copy. Uh, even if Seattle beats the Niners, they don't hold the tiebreaker. They, they would have the same divisional record and the same head-to-head, so I don't even know what the next tiebreaker would be there. Probably conference record and they don't hold that tiebreaker. So even if they were to beat the Niners, they could still not necessarily win the division. Uh, and so the and Matt is adding, if the Bucks beat San Francisco this week and San Francisco beats the Panthers, then Seattle all of a sudden becomes the favorite. Okay, the Bucks are not going to beat San Francisco this week, however. And if you think that's going to happen, then just bet that instead of betting Seattle plus 300. To win, I, I I don't like it. I'm rejecting. So the- can I also add in that if you parlay the Texans on the money line, it goes up to plus forty seven hundred. Okay, you add the Texans on the money line to any of your bets this weekend, <laughs> and it's going to go crazy. Unfortunately, <laughs> losing bets are worth zero, so it doesn't matter what the odds are. The Texans are not winning that game outright. You know what? Maybe they will, but I'm not. I, I I'm having nothing to do with it. That is our Week 14 Gambling Show. Hopefully you didn't listen to me last week. Hopefully we all do better this week. Talk to you guys on Monday. What's right?